welcome to Abbey Archives. We don't have a script today because it's <laughs> our shoot the shit slash shoot the breeze episode. We keep swapping between those two names. <laughs> it depends on how polite we want to be and how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not PG? indecent. PG? Yes, I think. Um, there was another word I was looking for, but it has escaped my brain. But Child uh, friendly. Before we get completely off track, Abbey Archives is usually a Redwall reread featuring one pagan and one Christian going over the series to see what has aged like fine strawberry wine and what has aged like milk. Today, we are not doing that. I am Kit. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Izzy. I use she, her pronouns. And you can find Abbey Archives on Tumblr at abbeyarchives.tumblr.com. You can still find us on Twitter. We're not using the Twitter. Because Twitter is a trash fire. And honestly, we like Tumblr better. Please go follow us. I had somebody describe it as being very cottagecore and lovely to follow. <laughs> so, you know, because we would like to reblog, like, Redwall-related things. Or us being very angry about the library system being fucked over by the U.S. government. <laughs> and other various uh, interesting things that we see that are just close enough to being Redwall related, we can get away with adding it to the Tumblr. And sometimes things will get double posted because Kit and I follow a lot of the same people. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll both re uh, queue or reblog something, not realize the other one also did it. And it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You can, you can, everyone can enjoy Mod Mad's Otter Sona twice. Yes. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, Mod Mad, come listen to our podcast. <laughs> Mod Mad, we love you. Just like me looking at my collection of the property of hate books and just sighing wistfully, just like, ah, it would be the day. Our main theme this time around for our Shoot the Breeze episode is we are going to talk about video games. I want to games I that just, influenced us. I want to steal something from another podcast, another like analysis podcast for a second. And okay. just, Kit, what cartoons have you been watching recently? Oh, come on. You know what I've been watching recently. I've been watching Bluey. I've also been watching Bluey. Everybody I... should watch Bluey. It will heal your soul. If you need somewhere to watch it that's not Disney+, Plus. Um, just ask. <laughs> Legally, that's a joke. Um, but I've, yeah, Bluey, I've... it's been healing our souls. It is so good. And it, it has some of the best animation I have ever seen in a children's... The cartoon. Katie did. The Katie did the just if you want to watch a stunning bit of animation, watch the Sleepy Time episode. If you watch nothing else, please watch Sleepy Time. Cause like when that episode starts, it's so innocuous. You don't really think much of it. And then the dream sequence starts and I lost my mind. The lighting, the color choices, just they you, this this little studio in Australia has taken the puppet animation system and just blown it right out of the water. I am so impressed by them Isn't and so like happy. there like an episode in like season two or something where um, like they showcase some of that because there was like a joke? Yeah, where they actually show them animating Bluey and Bluey dreams about that and wakes up and is just like, whoa, that was a weird dream. And I'm just like, oh, Bluey, you just had a glimpse past the fourth wall. <laughs> Like, Bluey, you literally just saw your god for a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Bluey has witnessed god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. And, like, the episode Born Yesterday, I don't think you... Have you gotten to that one yet? I've seen that one on TikTok. Uh, okay. Because TikTok... Because Bluey episodes are, like, seven minutes. They are, uh, yeah. And TikTok has a maximum recording length of ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I will end up, like, just watching a whole episode excuse me, whole ass episodes of Bluey. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've seen that one. Born Yesterday is so good because Bandit just gets that, like, re-realizes the appreciation for, like, little things in the world. Yeah. And it is so good. I love it so much. And Bluey and Bingo get, like, a little insight into, like, parenting. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, not everything has to have a name. Sometimes you just need to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And like, experience I, it. And I also want to say this completely unironically. I never wanted to have kids, and I still don't want to have kids. But I do have two nieces who I love very, very much. One is four years old, and one is going to be two years old in, a, in like, three months. And 
I wasn't sure how to handle them and I was doing my best and I've done pretty okay so far, I think. Gentle but watching Bluey has if you weren't grown if you weren't raised with it. Exactly. I was I I am the youngest child. I've never had to mom or deal with kids of that age much. <laughs> Bluey has legitimately helped me be a better aunt because I've paid attention to what the adults were doing and now that I'm more aware of that, I try to be more aware of the girls. And already yesterday, I had a pretty good time when the girls came over for lunch. Bristol came over in my room and we had like five minutes of her just like talking about stuff and pointing at stuff. And I let her play with a few of my fidget toys. But I also explained like these ones are okay, but these ones aren't because they're auntie's favorite and you're still young and you might break them. When you get older, I'll allow you to play with them. And she was like, oh, okay. And then we went back to talking about my plants and stuff. But it's like Bluey teaches Adults and kids. I saw somebody say that it's not a kids show with stuff for parents. It's a parent show with stuff for kids. Yes, exactly. And I think that's a really good way to describe it because, like, there's a lot of things like kids will or parents will end up watching the stuff that their kids watch because, like, that's how it is. A lot of the stuff that my mom and dad enjoyed watching, and still, like, my mom still enjoys watching, like, garbage TV. Mm -hmm. When me and my brothers were younger, she couldn't watch that with us because it had a lot of, like, violence or Mm -hmm. or cussing. Like, things she didn't want us exposed to that young. So she'd end up watching, like, the children's uh, shows with us. And a lot of the times those shows don't have things that can keep the parents engaged as well. Right. They just, it's for kids, and it's either Cocoa Melon nonsense, which Cocoa Melon's a scam. Don't let your children watch Cocoa Melon. I'm trying Um, so hard to get Angela to not let Bristol, like, Bristol is currently, like, Cocoa Melon is, Angela's like, yeah, it's one of those things I can put on when I need a little break, and Bristol just sits and watch it. I'm just like, it's real bad. It's bad. Don't let don't let your children watch Coco Mel. Anyway, I have I been trying know. to talk Angela into watching Bluey more. <laughs> oh my god, please. Well, okay, um, but... I will also say one more thing though. Um Bristol has like gotten more interested in this one show called Blippy? Blip Blippy? Blippy, I think it is. And it it kind of gives me like um it's like if you took Zoom, but there's only one guy and he talks kind of in a really annoying voice. Like if he just talked in his normal voice, the show would be very enjoyable. But he he, he talks like this where he really exaggerates his voice because he's so oh, excited God. to be like kids all the time. And I'm just like, oh, your Jesus. throat. Like I listened to him and my throat hurts. Like, sir, please just talk in your regular voice. You can be excited in your regular voice without putting on the kid voice of like, oh man, golly gee, let's go to the park or let's go to the gardens. Wow, look at this orange. Do you think it's going to be sweet or sour? And I'm just like, oh, if you weren't talking like that, this would be a really, really good show. But it, but like, like Blippi is better than Cocomelon in that it legitimately is like trying to teach kids things and be engaging and at like at the end of every episode he teaches he's like hey let's make a craft and like the episode i was watching he's like let's make a rain stick so he showed how to make a rain stick out of a cardboard tube and you know like cardboard tube rubber bands and a paper and um rice you know mm-hmm. and stickers to decorate it so it's just like this is actually a lot better than coco melon it's no bluey but it's you know definitely better than coco melon <laughs> yeah um Coco Melon is not good. It's just not. straight up. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> cartoons, you know, I've also been watching Minecraft YouTube. August infected my brain with it. I'm in Minecraft YouTube hell, place I haven't been since I was much younger. <laughs> Well, uh, that's better than my current situation. My brain has been on a block. I haven't been able to, like, there's, like, several shows I have wanted to watch since, like, August of last year. Mm-hmm. And my brain says no. God, I hate that. I've been wanting to watch Andor because everybody is telling me that it is really good and that, like, because I have complicated feelings about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, everybody has said, like, Andor is not Star Wars. Mm. Well, Andor it is, is Andor. Well, it's Star Wars, but it's 
it's yeah, the it's, actual it's, reality of we're living under a fascist regime. Yeah, it's it's Star Wars, like it's under the Star Wars brand, but it is not. Mm-hmm. If you go into it expecting like the Mandalorian, uh, which is also still good. I was gonna say, boy, <laughs> it's the Mandalorian is very much Star Wars. Book of Boba Fett. Bobo? Boba Fett. Bobo. <laughs> Boba Fett. Fett. No. Boba <laughs> Fett. The book of Boba Fett is Star Wars. Andor is a sci-fi TV show <laughs> that actually gives a shit about what aesthetic. it's doing. And yes. like everybody keeps telling me this, and I'm like, I really want to watch Andor, but I cannot make my brain watch Andor. Mm-hmm. Kit knows it was pulling teeth to get me to start watching Bluey. Properly, instead of just letting TikTok show me the uncensored uh, episodes, like where Buttermilk the Pony poops and Bluey and Indy run away screaming. I still love this. Is like I'm shocked Disney didn't censor this, but like um, one of the last episodes of season three that they actually have on Disney Plus because they just chopped a lot of episodes from season three. Um, but uh, when uh, Bandit goes to the bathroom and he comes hopping out, and Bluey's like why are you walking like that? And he goes, I peed on my foot. And Bluey just, ah! <laughs> like runs away. It's just like, no, oh, it's disgusting. And he's like, why you're would you do grab. that? And he's like, I lost concentration. And she's like, I love Bluey's reaction. It's so genuine. <laughs> the scream of terror. And they're and like trying to get their mom to like, admit that like Bandit is disgusting. Like, why do you like him? Yeah, and she's like, you gotta take the good with the bad. And he's, he's like, besides, have you ever smelled your mom's breath in the morning? And she just breathes on him, and they're just like, oh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> And that's before I've had my sardines. And she picks up sardine bread. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> Nasty. Um, we ended up I like how again. Bandit tries um, to act like a sitcom dad. He does. It's so It's goofy. very funny. It's very funny, because it doesn't work, or they don't buy into the bit. Mm-hmm. Like, but, here's dad! And it's just like, no. <laughs> but the, he's also so willing to go along with their stuff. That's what makes it very charming. I love when uh, Bluey's trying to, like, is Bluey is talking to uh, Chili about something, and, like, Bandit comes on screen, and Chili just gives him the look. Yeah, the mom look. The mom look. That face that they have her make is so good. I, I have had several friends who've come to me and been like, this is Kit when she's momming us in call. And I'm like, oi! You're not, you're not wrong, wrong, but, but also, be nice to me. <laughs> okay, but, but like the stuff I've been wanting to watch, it's like, there was like Camp Cretaceous. I wanted to watch the newest season of that. There was um, Spy X Family, which my brain flat out refuses to engage with now, even though I love Anya, everything about Anya and your are precious, but I don't do well with scenarios where it's like trying to keep a secret. Uh-huh. I don't do well with those scenarios, so it's like, yeah. I want the charming family time, but I can't handle everything else about the show. Um, there was like several, there was like at least two or three anime that I wanted to watch, like not even just the first season, like the second seasons of anime, which I haven't been able to watch. And then of course we have the Owl House, which I saw the first two minutes of the next episode and I'm screaming and they've already leaked the next episode. So I'm just like, do I, do I resist until the 21st? Because I'm resist. not going to be in town on the 21st, to I'm going to be out of town at my cousin's. So now it's just like, do I wait until the 21st or do I just give in and watch the leak episode and then watch it again on Disney plus? Cause I could do that, but also I don't know if I want to emotionally scar myself that badly. <laughs> resist. Ah! You need to resist kid. Ah! Dana Terrace got so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. When your own company leaks your show. Like... I mean, we know why they did it. Disney's trying to bury it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I need to watch the owl house. I've watched like, the first quarter of season one and i need to finish watching it but like i was watching it and then i got distracted it's okay i I'm did still... watch all of steven universe future though finally oh, there you go that took me actual years to get to <laughs> um but i watched all of it and uh i did not need a tv show to call me out that badly <laughs> because uh hey maybe shut 
shut up, be quiet, be quiet. Uh, Steven Kruniverse future, be quiet, actually. <laughs> shut okay, the hell but, your mouth. But I will like to say, like, on the flip, this episode was supposed to be about video games, damn it. Oh, well. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's the Shoot the Breeze episode, guys. If you're still here... You're here for just chilling out with us and having that. You're here that... for listening to us talk because you like to listen to us talk, Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> um, but, like, I will say, like, on the flip side of that, I've definitely had, like, a renaissance of actually being able to read books. Um, yeah, I actually, I read an entire book uh, recently. Like, an entire book that wasn't Redwall. Yeah. I read the I read Iron Widow by what the fuck? Where did my copy of the book go? It's all the way She's, over there. She was that one YouTuber who started off like pointing out all the things wrong with both versions of Mulan. Yeah, and and the good stuff too. Like she pointed out the good stuff too, which I like. She's like, this is what was wrong, and this is what was right. Oh god! Is he destroying things in the background? Sounds. Books on this bookshelf. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. No, I'm knocking things over. Oh, no. I'm good at existing. I just knocked over one of my card binders. You're fine. Nothing fell out, thankfully, because it's just the one with my blank pages. Uh, Maybe if I could not have trash all around me for once in my life. Anyway, Iron Widow by... um, How do you pronounce X's in Chinese again? Isn't it like a... Sh- oh, God, I don't know. I am the last person to talk to about pronouncing Chinese. Jiren uh, J. Zhao. Okay. I know how to pronounce her last name. It's Zhao. Um, but I'm not entirely sure about the first name pronunciation. This book is so fucking good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Fucking reading books. Like, I still need to finish reading um, Watership Down, but... That one's a bit harder. Yeah. Um, it's like you you go into Watership Down, like, and even if people warn you, like, I've warned people, like, if you're going to read Watership Down, it is a heavy book. And people are just like, it's about rabbits. How heavy can it be? And then, like, a little it's while a later, they're just book. like, oh, yeah. Um, let's see. And as for me, I got four books for Christmas. Nice. Because, <laughs> like, mom, mom has come to understand, like, Usually I'll give her a list every year. And this year I gave her like a bunch of books from thrift books. Again, thriftbooks.com. If you're in the U S delightful website, really good. You get so many good books for cheap. They're used. It helps support small bookstores. Use it. Trust me. It's better than Amazon. Um, maybe a little more expensive depending on what you get. Cause they do sell new books as well. But, um, anyway, and I've already plowed through three of those books. Uh, one of which already got donated because it was, uh, not good. I took a chance and got a kaiju, um, like a collection of kaiju short stories. Uh, let me just say they were all written by white guys. Oh, God. That's all I really need to oh, say. And you were so excited for that one, too. I was. And like there was a couple of really good stories. Like there was a really interesting one where a, a Nephilim child or not child, but she was a grown woman, but she had like Nephilim blood. And she'd been rejected and, you know, just, you know, rejected by the world. And she found like a pair of scissors, which had been apparently once a sword that contained the souls of fallen seraphim. Um, you know, like not demons exactly, but angels who had fallen from heaven. And she ends up possessed by them, except for one who the reason they had been cast from heaven is love. So this one fallen angel chooses to save the world by defeating its brethren, even though it knows it will never, even though it knows that by doing this, it will never return to heaven, but it fell for love and it will protect love and it will protect humanity from its fellows. And it's like, that was interesting. That was really fun. I liked that. The rest of the story, some included some really incredibly racist stuff. One, including a, uh, Nazi redemption arc, which, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. It was just like, this is not a book I need on my bookshelf. (laughs) Maybe in the trash, actually. Yeah. Um, use it to, uh, as kindling. Right. Use it as kindling. Right. Thankfully, the other two books I have read, one of which I did buy, I didn't get for Christmas, but, um, I got to read the next part of the Mercedes Lackey, uh, prequel series where she is telling the story of the founding of Valdemar. Um, nice. 
which I have been enjoying greatly because it's it's the character Baron Valdemar himself, Cordis, he's such a fun character because he's a ruler who is so painfully and acutely aware of the lives that are on his shoulders. And he knows how careful he has to be to keep these people alive. Every death, every mistake, he feels that. These are his people. He took them from their relatively safe, if bad, situation and took them out into the complete wilds and unknown. Castiel voice, I raised you from perdition. <laughs> and I'm sorry, that's all that made me think that's of. Okay. I know that's not correct. It's but... okay. And, and the sequel is him, like, because in the first book, he's, like, praying. He's, like, listen, I don't have any specific god I pray to, but who's ever, whoever, whomever's is out there, help us, please. In the sequel book, he has literally someone from his party go, hey, you might have been praying to the gods, but we're what you got. And you might not be happy, but we've saved your ass a few times and you haven't even noticed. So let's keep this relationship going. He's, like, yes, I am angry but I'm going to try and listen to you. Like he, he does get angry. He's allowed to get angry, but he also knows that he can't afford to get angry in certain situations. It's just his, his character is extremely well-written and she also handles the character of a young lady who has an unrequited crush on him. Problem being, she is his sister-in-law. Ew. No, it's not you. She handles it very respectfully. It, It was a political marriage. Ah, yeah, and so, like, Cordis wasn't really in love with his wife until they were able to get to a place where being in love was safe. Because before, being in love was actually dangerous. So they had been really close friends and allies until then. But he is aware of that crush, and with the help of, like, friends and other people in, like, this group, is trying to help steer her away from that. Like, have her establish herself as an individual who has her own self-worth, like find your own way. I am not the one for you. And she's aware of it. Like she knows he is pushing her away, but she still has that internal struggle of her dream and what is reality. And it's written again, very well. It's not creepy. It isn't creepy. The way she handles it is very realistic and somewhat relatable, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm 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 ace. Most of the crushes I have have just been like I like to observe you. <laughs> I want to inspect you under a microscope like yes. a mug. Okay, and the last book I want to talk about is Legends and Lattes. And I know Book Talk apparently has been going crazy for this. I I don't have TikTok, so I I don't know. Uh, but, a smart decision. Yeah. Um. But Legends and Lattes is a short little novella. I think they call it novella. And it is about an orc adventurer who decides to retire and open a coffee shop because she's tired of living a life covered in blood and tired and hurting and has decided, you know what? I am going to make coffee because coffee was like the first time I'd ever felt happy in years. Like the first time she ever drank coffee. So it is very sweet. It is, as the book describes, a low stakes adventure. Like, going into it, you're not going to get... or It's a high fantasy, low stakes adventure is the tagline. You're not going to get, like, world-ending problems. Like, it, the, it's not just all fluff. Like, bad stuff does happen in the book. But nothing earth-ending, nothing shattering. The characters are able to pick themselves back up again. And it was extremely comforting and made me very angry that I don't like coffee because the way they describe coffee sounds amazing. And I'm just like, every time I try to drink coffee, I just taste hot bean water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You live in the tragedy realm. Shakes my taste buds. I I must have inherited the genetics of coffee bad. But yes. Me over here like, ah, yes, coffee good. (laughs) Uh, then again, at this point in my life, I'm terrified of actually having anything caffeinated because I don't drink soda. I don't drink tea. And if I do drink tea, it's decaffeinated. Um, and I don't drink coffee. So I am terrified that if I ever do have coffee, I, I'm not sure how my body will react to it because I am a lightweight. If you get coffee from like Starbucks or something, you should be okay because that coffee is very low. Mm-hmm on the like caffeine scale mm-hmm. um especially if you get like a latte or something like that's yeah. like 
one espresso shot. And yes, it's espresso. It's not very strong espresso. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, needless to say. Likely be okay. Likely. <laughs> You'll be mostly okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. I've been greatly enjoying books and reading again. And to loop this all the way back to our main subject, being able to play video games too. Yes. <laughs> Brought it back. Boom. <laughs> Vidge games. <laughs> we love video games. In we this do. Household. We do. We do. So, uh, Kit, what video games have you been playing? Okay. So recently I have mostly been playing Pokemon Violet. I am part of the problem. I've, I feel so bad because Pokemon Violet is such a mess. It should have been left to bake for another half a year at the least. It, it is but, a big mess. I have not even considered buying the game yet. Not yet. Like, yeah, don't. I, I will let you know if the game ever becomes stable. But like, even even <laughs> at with, this point, it probably won't. Well, maybe. I don't know. My my main hope is is that when they release the DLC, it's going to come with a huge patch to also help clean up a lot of the problems. Um, that's the hope, anyway. Um. <laughs> But even with the glitches, unironically, I think this is my favorite Pokemon game since, like, um, probably Sun and Moon. Or even all the way back as far as, like, Oras or Black and White. You didn't like Arceus? Oh, I did. Or are you not yeah. counting that as, like, a main storyline game? I'm not quite counting that as a main storyline game because I really, really did love and adore Arceus. But it was more like a $60 tech demo. With yeah, a really good storyline. Really, like, from what I saw, like, some of the stuff that they were like, let's have this in in Arceus. They were like, mm, let's tweak it. And, oh, we did it bad. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, can... I have seen the sandwich mechanic, and I'm just like, this looks janky <laughs> as hell. The sandwich mechanic is, it's actually kind of fun. It is it jank. It does still look jank. Yeah. It's jank, but, like, I don't know how to describe it. You know there's, like, bad jank, and then there's, like, the fun jank of, like, oh, my God. Like, this yes. is so goofy. It's it's the goofy fun jank. If you say so. I, I mean, like, I do say so. <laughs> Although, it was really fun once in a call with friends. Like, I was at work, and they were all playing the game without me. Um, how rude of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> they were all trying to connect together to make a sandwich. And like every five minutes, one of them would get disconnected and they'd have to start all over again. Oh and this went on for like half an hour before they finally managed to make a sandwich. Sandwich hell. The sandwich said, no, you shall not make me. Um, but aside from, aside from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I've been playing like, usually what I like to do around this time of year is I'll make a wish list throughout the year. And then, you know, because, like, in January, they'll have a lot of sales on, like, digital or indie games. Mm. Um, so I'll go through and look at my wish list and see which games are on sale. So, like, I got one called Lonesome Village and another one called Kaiju, a kaiju dating game. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one on TikTok. Yeah. So I want to start out positive. Kaiju is very cute. It's very simple. Um, I only paid, like, six dollars for it and i would say kaiju it's worth getting on sale for sure um but even full price it's not that expensive it is a very simple game you just answer it's like a, almost like a little puzzle question game like you look at the part the you look at the kaiju you're trying to woo and try to figure out like what answers will make them happy to be near you like what what makes you compatible like if you're dating one who, like, the first one I went to date was the mushroom one. And it's straight up, they, they straight up say that they're neurodivergent. Because Aww. they're they're a, a, they're a mushroom hive mind. So they can't really fully understand the lifestyle on Earth. So knowing that, knowing that they're from space, knowing that they're neurodivergent, they're also explicitly they, them. You're allowed to choose your pronouns in this game, including... Um, a couple neo pronouns um hell yeah uh you get to make your answers for example like one question is like oh um do you 
like, how does Gigachu, Gigachu is you, you are Gigachu. You're like a cute little, like if someone took Godzilla and dunked him in Hello Kitty paint. Um, yeah, I've seen that. Like, she's so cute. Godzilla or they're so cute. I love them With so like much. a heart on I, them and stuff. They're so cute. Anyway, the question is like, does Gigachu like their partner to be older, younger, or the same age as them? And I'm like, all right, this is a an eldritch being from space. And I said, older. And more the, the mushroom was just like, yay! I have no concept of time! <laughs> so she's like, yay! It's very cute. That's very um, cute. Yeah, and you've got like a bunch of different kaiju you can woo. And it's really cute seeing like, there's one that's clearly meant to be like a nod to um, Ghidorah. There's one who's a nod to Mothra. You know, it's really cute. And now to the sadly bad, uh, Lonesome Village. Which Lonesome Village kind of taps into, you can tell they were going for like a link to the past kind of vibe. Yeah. The problem is, is that by going for a link to the past vibe, they also kind of picked up some of the negative aspects of that older game without the positives of what a modern game could bring to balance it out. So, for example, there's no combat in Lonesome Village. It is an entirely combat-free game. Um, well, that sounds boring. It is a puzzle game, primarily. It's a puzzle game and a pancake quest game. A what? Okay. Explain I, pancake quest to I me. thought I explained pancake quest to you before. I'm sorry. No. So, pancake quest is slang for like, all right, you want to make pancakes, but you need eggs. So you go to your neighbor who has chickens and say, hey, can I have an egg? And the neighbor says, well, you could, but my chickens are hungry, so I need you to go get corn for me. So Gift of the Magi! Uh, not quite. Hang on, let me finish. So you go down the street to the farmer who grows corn. And you say, hey, I would like some corn so I can give the chickens food so I can get an egg so I can make pancakes. And the farmer says, well, that would be really great. Except the machine I use to, you know, process corn has gone down and I need this machine piece. So then you have to go into the city to buy the machine piece for the farmer to get the corn. And it just, it keeps escalating until like, eventually you have to fight a dragon. And then you can finally give everybody what they need to go home and make your damn pancakes. That's a pancake quest game. Basically, like that one episode of Chowder. I don't watch Chowder. <laughs> You've never seen Chowder? I don't like it, okay? I've watched parts of it and I didn't like it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It is extremely weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lonesome Quest, the, the plot is, is that you are a coyote who wakes up in an abandoned village. And there's this giant ominous tower at the, like, looming over this village. So you go into said giant ominous tower and you it's like, oh, you are the prophesied hero. Here's a magical, a magical um, magnifying glass that would allow you to see truths. So basically it's the lens of truth from Zelda. Yeah. And using that, you can solve the first few puzzles, but it's a puzzle game where when you're in the tower, you get to solve puzzles. And some of the puzzles in this game are legitimately quite cute and very fun. And it's just like, okay, so when you're in the puzzle, when you're in the puzzle solving aspect of the game, it is very fun. The problem comes when you get kicked out of that puzzle aspect because the game has barriers, basically. It has um, things to stop you from just staying in the tower and solving puzzles, which is arguably the most fun part of the game. Because at certain points you have to leave the tower to go interact with the villagers that you have rescued, to do quests for those villagers, to get hearts and befriend the villagers, so you can then return to the tower and use those hearts to open up further um, floors so you can do more puzzles. Mm -hmm. This in and of itself wouldn't be so bad, except for the fact that you have an inventory limit. Mm. And to work around that inventory limit, they have put chests, which means they know that this inventory limit is a problem. It is annoying. 
and yet they still chose to have the inventory limit as part of the gameplay. And that in and of itself was enough of a deal breaker for me that after playing the game for like a couple of hours, I ended up deleting it off my Switch because I was getting so annoyed by playing it. Because it was like, I'm not having fun. I am annoyed. Yeah. I'm even bored trying to do these side quests just so I can get back to the actual fun part of the game. Now, the aesthetic of the game is very good. It's a very cute game. And they definitely have, like, I say it's inspired by Link to the Past, but aesthetically it is very much still its own thing. Um, they also unfortunately have a character who personally I think is more annoying than Navi because um, uh, you get the mirror or you get that little spyglass, but you also get a mirror which you can use to talk to like this cute little fox fairy who shows up and she's like, I'm here to help you. And, it's and like, you would think that that would be your shit because it's a mm -hmm. little fox fairy, but no. instead it's obnoxious. Instead, I got tired of seeing her stupid mug because it was like you you would complete a puzzle and then you would go to unlock the next floor. And it's like, oh, there's a little symbol there, which is like an owl statue. Oh, I saw that owl statue back in town. I should go get that. But then as you go to step to go, like the mirror starts, like puts a little exclamation point and you click and she's like, oh, we should go get that owl statue that's down in town. It was just like, you've just robbed away the, the, the whole impact of me thinking of that myself. Like, you're just telling me what to do. That's another thing. The game just tells you what to do. Well, that's no fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry to say don't get Lonesome Village. It's not worth it. Not unless you can get it really cheap on a sale. It's, it had a good idea, and it had a really good art direction, but the execution of the actual gameplay itself is very disappointing. Subpar. Subpar, yes. Uh, good effort, and I mean, hey, they actually put out a game. That's really impressive, and I'm not knocking on that. It's just, they didn't, they didn't stop to think about, hey, nostalgia's good, but sometimes there's things we need to leave in the past. Including inventory limits! <sighs> Must always have inventory limits. Otherwise, how will you know to do inventory management? Uh, <laughs> We're all tired of inventory management. Like, and, and then, like, it's not even a case of, like, you can't even expand the inventory. Like, inventory limits don't bother me if you know you can expand it in the future. Like, if you're playing a Story of Seasons game, you know you're going to be able to buy a bigger backpack later on. Yeah. You know. So like juggling or like Animal Crossing, like juggling that inventory is part of the early game. And then you have the satisfaction of the late game where you're just like, I can hold everything, you know. This game, that's not an option. I promise I am listening. I am also almost done drawing the tax on. <laughs> so my brain is like, focus. For, for the listeners, focus. that's okay. I can just, I can ramble on a little more if you want. Um, I'm, I'm about to send you a screenshot of the finished taxon okay. and then I can start talking about my bullshit. <laughs> Woohoo! And then I can go back to drawing my stuff. Like Izzy and I are both drawing today while we're recording. Um, that's the wrong button to say. I, I did it again. I almost hit the save button on this laptop, the recording <laughs> laptop, uh, not my drawing laptop. I have two laptops open right now, one for drawing and one for recording. Um, Aww. It went from Looks being much kind better. of horrifying kind with the of, flat colors I mean, to being, it's a bug. Yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, taxons are supposed to kind of be terrifying, so. And yeah, that's still terrifying. I would yeah. not want that thing to come at me like it was going to eat me. <laughs> but, <laughs> just eating some tater chips. And I also kind of went, was like, okay, it's got a carapace. Maybe make that kind of crab-like. Mm-hmm. Because they're really good at swimming. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... I have been playing one video game recently. <laughs> <laughs> because Danielle, uh, our friend Danielle, bought me the Dragonflight expansion for World of Warcraft. And then... My boyfriend... Canyon bought me a year's worth of World of Warcraft play. <laughs> and so what I have been doing is running around as a little dragon dude <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. 
<laughs> because they added a new race and class, and I'm having fun. Despite the fact that the game is incredibly frustrating, I really like World of Warcraft. So, okay, Kit. Yes. The Dragonflight expansion. So, in World of Warcraft, dragons have been part of it since the beginning. This is World of Warcraft. It is inspired by D&D. There's dragons. They follow, like, some of the chromatic dragon rules. There's... Five dragon flights. Sorry, I had to count. <laughs> That's okay. I was going to say, if it's chromatics, there should be. I think there's, like, five chromatics and five metallics. Yeah, there's five uh, chromatics. Uh, there's five dragon flights just flat out in World of Warcraft. There is uh, red, green, blue, bronze, and black. Okay, see, that's where they differ because I'm pretty sure bronze is in the metallics, not the chromatics. Yes, yes. Uh, like I said, World of Warcraft is inspired yeah. by D&D, which is why for the longest time I thought kobolds were little rats. <laughs> Um, because they're little rats in World of Warcraft. Kobolds um, are whatever you need so, them to be. Yeah. Dragons in, like, World of War- like, WoW Classic and the vast majority of the expansions have been world bosses. Bosses that you find in one place, and they will always out-level you, and they require multiple massive parties of characters to go kill, and they drop really good loot, right? Mm-hmm. Each of these is, like, associated with a specific dragonflight. Um, typically, you know, whatever color they are, that's the dragonflight they're associated with. The most, the one that most people know is Onexia, because she was a raid quest uh, in WoW... I don't remember if she was introduced in WoW Classic or just Wrath of the... Uh, no, bleh, 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 Burning Legion, not Wrath of the Lich King. She predated Wrath of the Lich King. Um... Or Burning Legion. Um, and she is a black dragon, but <laughs> all of the dragon kin that, like, because every, like, uh, the dragons, like, the ones that you would go fight, they have, like, dragon kin, which are, like, uh, dragon tars, uh, which are, like, anthro dragon, but it's, like, a tar, you know, furries. Mm-hmm. Uh, drakes or like draconids which are just big buff dragon people um like they're they don't have wings they're basically just reptiles they're big and buff i love them um onexia's was red and you can find these these guys scattered all throughout like uh azeroth which is the planet that world of warcraft is on Mm -hmm. basically i say planet (laughs) Because there's more than one planet in the universe. This is this went out of fantasy and into sci-fi like real fast at one point. It's real fun. <laughs> World of Warcraft does not know what it wants to be, and it's great. Uh, I do not pay attention to lore whatsoever. <laughs> they're more like <laughs> guidelines, anyway. Yeah, they're just guidelines. Like I've been paying attention to the Dragonflight lore because I when I when Dragonflight was announced, I had a whole fucking just ranting moment talking about like the dragons in World of Warcraft and the dragon flights and like how I was really glad that they were doing more with them which they had done more with them when Cataclysm came out which was the last really big expansion um, that permanently changed the entire worldscape mm-hmm. um, I think don't, don't I have not played World of Warcraft before now for like 10 years so it's like Stuff came out in between then, obviously, and I don't know what it did. I know it added some islands and stuff, but, like, Cataclysm had Deathwing, who was part of the Black Dragonflight. He was Naltharian. He was the Black Dragonflight aspect, a.k.a. the leader of the Black Dragonflight, and he decided he was going to try to rip the world apart. Well, that's rude. Yeah. Uh, he took every single Dragonflight to murder, like, to kill him. Uh, and they lost their aspectral powers, which is why Dragonflight is a thing, because they needed to go back to their homeland, kind of. It's weird, because they haven't been there for... Tenth? 
there's a time, there's like an amount of time they haven't been there, and it is longer than like the vast majority of Azeroth's history. Like, it is fucking wild. But so, for a long time, a lot of the Dragonflights actually didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Like, in the base game of World of Warcraft, they were like, no, I fucking hate them, you know? Mm-hmm. Or there were like Dragonflights that were like working with like the other races of the world causing like corruption and shit um looks at the fucking dragonfly that was like what if we were purple and i'm like bitch i would love a purple dragonflight but y'all are corrupt sons of bitches what the fuck anyway so yeah dragons have been part of world of warcraft for a long time and like at first they were just kind of there as like world bosses you know get an adventure party together go kill the dragon mm-hmm. um <laughs> shell what the fuck <laughs> um Michelle posted an emoji what? in the recording text channel that is just a peanut lying on the ground why with a on its belly why i don't understand <laughs> it is it response to the taxon i don't know I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so continuing. With each expansion, like we got more stuff with like dragon. There was like all stuff added with all sorts of different things. Uh, Cataclysm. The dragons were obviously a very big part of that because one of their own decided to just fuck everything up. Right. Mm-hmm. Dragonflight gets announced and it is essentially we're learning more about like why the dragons are as powerful as they are. And where that power comes from. And it comes, like, they're from the Dragon Isles. And holy shit, when I tell you I love this place and I never want to leave. World of Warcraft has a history of reusing models, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I've talked about, like, the original character models and how, like, they're really polygonal and goofy looking. And a lot of the more recent ones look a lot smoother. They have better texturing to them. Old models haven't really been updated because it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're slowly doing that, starting with, like, the character races. And I think for the most part, they've gotten through all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, uh, worgen women no longer look like fucking demented chihuahuas. <laughs> Uh, they still look not great, but they look better. They have actual, like, brains in their skulls. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, I have seen maybe two reused models in the Dragon Isles. Beyond the dragons and stuff, because, like, a lot of those models were just reused from, like, older designs and updated. Mm-hmm. Because they've been around. We know what they look like. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So there's very specifically, this is the one that I really want to be like, this one is probably the best one that they did. In World of Warcraft, centaurs exist, right? Mm-hmm. They look bad. <laughs> They're from the same area that like the orcs and the tauren are from. They look bad. They're awful looking. I hate them. They have the very like savage... Uh, native vibe to them oh, that's like horrible. Eh. Yeah, it's not good. In the Dragon Isles, they did not use that model. <gasps> Complete overhaul. Brand new. These guys are massive. Because, like, the old ones were like, they were small and it was weird. Because, like, horses were bigger than them. <laughs> It probably had something to do with, like, I don't know, there was probably a programming reason why. Maybe. Yeah. So, the Maruk, which is the the, the name of, like, that entire race, the, the Maruk centaur, mm-hmm. and they're broken up into different, like, tribes, and they all, like, uh, have, like, leaders who uh, form a council mm-hmm. that help run everything, right? Um, they look fantastic. There is so much world-building and, like, care that went into their creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as, like, a white person, can't speak fully on that because, like, I don't... I have not researched the opinions of people. I have not seen what World of Warcraft did to do that. But, like, at, from a glance, like, a, 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 a surface perspective, they're so much better than past attempts at representation. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> 
World of Warcraft is bad about representation. Just by the way, if you didn't know, if you could not tell from me talking just in general about World of Warcraft, no. we're bad at representation. I mean, no offense, but it's Blizzard, and even if I've never played a Blizzard bad. game, I've seen enough of Blizzard's artwork. Like, I'll admit. I was a fan of, like, the original Overwatch because they were cranking out, like, all those cool animatics for the characters. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And then it was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Looks at that one, uh, uh, Farrah skin. Yeah. Some of the skins, I'm just like, uh, guys. What guys, if you didn't, actually? Could we not? Yeah. I will... Give my thoughts on Activeblizz as a company when I'm done talking about dragons. Go ahead. Keep talking about what makes you happy. <laughs> yes. Um, so the centaur are really, really cool. Oh my god, I love them. Uh, all of the... So, as a uh, Drek'thir, which is the race, the, the new character race that they introduce, which are... They're dragon furries. They're dragon furries. Scalies! They're dragon furries. They're scalies! They're scalies. They've got wings. They can fly. It's great. I love them. They, the base model for the Drakthir, which is the dragon, and they stand on two feet. They're furries. Come on. Uh, they're bipedal. There is no difference. There, There is no um, sex dimorphism, like sexual dimorphism between them whatsoever. The only difference beyond, like, you know, changing the way that, like, their heads look, like, their scales and stuff. The only difference when it comes to sizing and body shape is you have four sizes. Twink. <laughs> Twink. Twunk. Hunk. Beefcake. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> the one that I based off myself, I made it the smallest size because it also makes them the shortest. Mm. Um, and I really like svelte dragons. Mm. Um, but, like, the only difference is they have, like, this disguise that they can put on. And that's where the gender difference comes in because you've got the 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 male and female disguises, which look like humans with scales on their faces. Illusory titties. Ghost boobs. Yeah. They got illusory titties. Uh, <laughs> I never use my disguise form, like, ever. I don't like it. I set it up, and it, it exists. It's got color... It, the color scheme matches the dragon form. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I was just like, nah, bitch. Because, and here's the thing, the dragons... Also have illusory disguise forms. They can choose to be whatever fucking race they want to be. One of them is one of the little Volpera, which are the little, like, Fennec Fox people. One of them is a fucking High Mountain Tauren, which are the Taurens with the moose antlers. One of them, like, a bunch of them are elves and shit. Like, they don't have scales that you can see. And I'm like, I want to be not this. Why do you guys get to be this? Why do I have to be this? Because they're the full fuck? dragons? I guess. The Drakthir were created by the Black Dragonfly. Like, here's the thing. The story, the lore, is that the Drakthir were created by the Black Dragonfly to be their army. They are warriors. They are evokers. The evoker class is a warrior class. Not a uh. tanking class. They're DPS or healing. They do damage or they they heal. For some bizarre-ass reason, they're incredibly squishy despite being able to wear male armor, the second highest rating for armor in the game. I keep dying to things I shouldn't be dying to, and it is incredibly frustrating. World of Warcraft, please fix this. Ooh. Mm. Oh. No. Kit knows because I have screamed in multiple chats about being so pissed about this. I have also listened to Izzy play this game and go, oh, I just got murdered. Yeah, I times. got murdered multiple times by the same fucking thing. Anyway. Uh, I have emotional dysregulation. I get very angry at video games very easily. Usually, I have learned, okay, I need to put it down, walk away, come back. When I was younger, I would, in fact, punch my computer screen. Oh, no. Ow. I never broke it. I never hit it hard enough to break, but it was just kind of the reactive motion of mm -hmm. hitting something. Mm -hmm. um, 
I keep, like, flailing at my screen to get the energy out, but I'm not actually hitting anything. Well, do you want to hear a funny video game story about me getting really angry at a video game? Yes. So... And then I will continue to talk about Dragon Lore. So I am, like, I'm the good kid in the family. I never got in trouble. I was, you know, yada, yada. (laughs) You, the good kid? Right? Damn, can't even imagine. Um, Shocking. Well, I didn't swear. goody two-shoes fox. No, see, what you did is you, you would do mischief in other ways. Oh, yes. I was passive aggressive. I was good at being sneaky. Um, <laughs> well, so I never swore around my family for the longest time. I would not swear around my family. Um, well, one day, mom and dad were gone. And I, I was like, oh, God, 13, 14 years old. So one day I'm home alone playing on the PlayStation 2, playing Kingdom Hearts 2. Ah, an incredibly frustrating game. I was on the Demix fight. Ah. I I don't know anything about uh, those games, but I do know that the fights for, with the, like, organization members can be extremely difficult. Yeah, some some were, like, the thing is, is that some of them were, like, the fun difficult. Like, I don't mind losing because I was just button smashing and not paying attention. Demix wasn't, though. Demix, Demix was one required of those, strategy. Uh sometimes not even um but demix was irritating and i was getting irritated and i'd lost to him already quite a few times well i was so worked up i didn't realize my sister had come home (laughs) and so i lost again and in a little fit i yelled you piece of shit at my (laughs) tv in my room but my door was open and i just hear a little and I turn around and my sister's standing there with this shit-eating grin, just like, I just heard Becca swear. And I'm just like, <gasps> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no one can know I know the cuss word. I know, even though she's no the one, one who talked to me. No one can know I know the me. fuck word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got busted by her. She, she didn't tell mom or dad, like thankfully, but she loves to bring that up. <laughs> just like, I remember the first time I ever heard you swear. And I'm just like, I know. I did eventually beat Demix, but it was just, oh, I still can't hear dance, water, dance without just. <laughs> Stinking blonde little flippermose, stupid sitar. <laughs> oh, I'm so funny. And then Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm actually important. You know, fuck off. <laughs> Go play your sitar on the beach, you bum. <laughs> you feckin' stoner. Uh, I'm s- I never played those games as a child, okay. so I don't know anything about them except for that one BDG Unraveled video. <laughs> it's a very good video, actually, I will admit. He does a very good job of capturing the sheer insanity that is Kingdom Hearts. Get norted. <laughs> actually, technically, we are all Xehanort. I know. Ev- get norted. You're all yeah. norted. Uh, for sp- norted from the start. Spoilers for those who are listening to this. Um... In the Kingdom Hearts mobile game, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, which no longer, no longer, yeah, heck, let me try that again. The Kingdom Hearts mobile game, Union Cross, which no longer exists because Square Enix has decided in the past two years to shove its head up its ass, excuse my language, but that's what they're doing. Um, The past two years? Yeah, pretty much. It's been longer than that. Well, last two years predominantly, because in the last two years, they've definitely slid into the NFT They're still trying to do NFTs. They still are. And I don't understand why, because every single, like, every- The NFT market has crashed and burned. Well, apparently in Japan, it's like keeping a small foothold in Japan, which is why they're still trying it. Anyway, back to Union Cross. So Union Cross is a prequel to the entirety of the Kingdom Hearts series. This is the world that existed, that was consumed by darkness, that became the world that is Kingdom Hearts, that the, the games that we play. And you, the player, are going around collecting light. You are one of the original Keyblade wielders, going around collecting light for your union. And you get to experience, like, the fracturing of the unions. You get to see, like, the rise of the heartless and just like how this society failed. And at the very end of all this, like a rather tragic, really emotional story. um, You realize two things about the kingdom hearts universe, the dream eaters, the cute little Pokemon ripoffs are all dead child soldiers 
who, womp, womp. who instead of choosing reincarnation, chose a permanent dream. They chose to sleep and bond with their Charithes and became the dream eaters. Basically, they just, they didn't want to fight anymore and they chose to protect dreams instead. And the second thing is that you, the player character, are heavily implied to have chosen the reincarnation route and became Xehanort. But of course, get Norted. Yep, yeah, it's like that is the greatest prank Nomura has ever played on any of us. Everyone is Xehanort. You are all Norted. Everyone's Norted. You're Xehanort. You're Xehanort. You're all Xehanort. I, I lost my mind a little bit when I watched the video revealing that, like the end of the series, and like they're like, yeah, this is it. It's over. I'm just like, what? I, I remember how angry people got when Ephemer made a cameo in Kingdom Hearts 3. Meanwhile, I'm watching the playthrough, sobbing my eyes out, like, there you are, Ephemer! There's my boy! <laughs> God. Alright, so Drak Theory. Yeah, I can, I can yell more about Square Enix when you're done with your Drak Theory, I guess. So, uh, okay, where was I? Alright, you're right, you're right. The Drakthir were created by the Black Dragonflight to be, like, a, an army, blah, 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 blah. Naltharian, at one point, uh, uh, something happened, and all the Drakthir were put to sleep for, like, 65,000 years. As you do. Uh, and it's part of, like, the Drakthir storyline to figure out, like, what happened. And basically... Naltharian was controlling the Drakthir with a Titan artifact, and the Titans are like this like race of they're, they're long dead. This is like an extinct culture and race. Uh, the Titans gave the like uh, dragons their aspectral powers, mm. uh, like magic and shit, um, uh, the arcane stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, and. Naltharian was controlling the Drakthir with a Titan artifact. It was like a glove thing, like a basically a piece of technology uh, that put all of us into like a very obedient state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it broke. Oopsie doopsie. And instead of risking us rebelling against him, uh, he had... Uh... Fuck, what is his name? I don't remember, but one of the blue dragons... <laughs> One of the like big, the the big names in Blue Dragon. Uh, his name starts with an M, and I cannot remember what the fuck it is. Uh, put us all to sleep for sixty five thousand years, and the only reason we woke up is because uh, a island guardian, which was uh, set up by the Titans, lit the call to bring the dragons home. And in doing so, woke us up. Oh. I did watch that cinematic. on social media you can follow us on tumblr and reddit at abby archives and if you would like to help support this podcast you can find us on coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash hs enclave this podcast is part of hearthside enclave and some other shows you might like are hope's hearth a solar hope punk actual play podcast 
and post-apocalyptic news radio, a Fallout-inspired audio drama.